0: You're listening to the Locked on Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke. your daily Broncos podcast.
1: What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back here to a brand new episode of the show. Happy Friday, ladies and gentlemen, wherever you're at, all around Broncos country, from the south stance to the end zone, you are Locked on. On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, NFL analyst and Denver Broncos insider for the Lockdown NFL Network. You can follow me on Twitter. At Cody Work NFL. You can follow the podcast at Lockdown Broncos. Today's episode of the show, folks, is brought to you by our good friends over there at Pepsi. And this football season will be different. And Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch this season, Pepsi is the refreshment that you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Ladies and gentlemen, the Denver Broncos are 40 hours away from kickoff on the road this Sunday. 11 a.m. Mountain Time kickoff against the Atlanta Falcons, folks. It's a road test for this Denver Broncos football team. Obviously, a lot of momentum from this past weekend coming off of that comeback victory against a very tough Los Angeles Chargers football team, but the Broncos are going to be facing a tough Atlanta Falcons team who, in my opinion, is a lot better than what their record indicates. We talked about that on yesterday's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Crossover Thursday with Aaron Freeman of Lockdown Falcons. If you missed that episode, go back and check it out today, But, but Broncos country today's episode of the show we're going to go through our Broncos news and notes we're going to hear from head coach Vic Fangio we're going to hear from Broncos quarterback Drew Locke and the message he has for the critics of his dance moves and obviously uh, for where he's at as a quarterback growing and learning as well we're going to hear from him plus we go through the Broncos practice report hopefully there is a chance Shelby Harris can play this week we're get that a little bit more then we get into our matchup scenario here how the Broncos match up with the Atlanta Falcons through our tale of the tape by the numbers Do you take a look at the Broncos office? offense against this Falcons defense the Broncos defense against the Falcons offense vice versa some of the biggest storylines from this game as well plus we get into our key matchups to watch in Sunday's action All on today's jam-packed Friday episode of Lockdown Broncos on your favorite podcast provider folks Apple podcast Google podcast TuneIn, Spotify wherever you get your podcast we're there for you if you're a new listener of the show welcome into Lockdown Broncos make sure you stay locked on for daily exclusive Denver Broncos content if you're an avid returning listener appreciate you as always. my high salute to you Broncos country. With that said, let's kick off today's episode Lockdown Broncos. First things first, obviously we want to jump into Broncos head coach Vic Fangio who met with the media yesterday. The Broncos, they were able to get back onto the practice field. They had no more positive tests for COVID within the organization. We know that practice squad offensive tackle Darren Paolo a couple days ago had tested positive. Shelby Harris had a close contact proximity to somebody outside of the team facility, so he has to self-quarantine. He's tested negative so far, and that's a good sign for him. Still questionable for Sunday we're going to head out to Broncos head coach Vic Fangio who gives us a little bit of an update as to what the Broncos can expect this week from some of their injuries that they have with some of their players
2: yeah if we don't have Shelby we're basically missing our three our entire starting defensive line um, probably Sosa would come up then as the uh, fifth lineman and um, you know we got the other four guys and we'll make do with with that but you know we'll have DeSean, Draymond. Sylvester, D. Walker, and Sosa. That's what we call McTalvin
1: Sosa. And the Broncos have received a boost from getting guys like Draymond Jones back and Demarcus Walker. But what is it that Vic Fangio wants to see from these players down the stretch the rest of the way this season?
2: Demarcus had a very good game last week in the snaps that he did get, made some good plays for us, had a sack that got taken away by a bad penalty called in the secondary. Um, You know, we need him to build on that game and continue to get better. And I think he can. Same thing with Dre. You know, Dre's – I think this will be his third game back since his injury. Um, And he's definitely improved each and every game. You can see him getting his strength and his confidence back in his leg there. And those guys are going to get a lot more plays than they have been getting because of the situation in the D-line.
1: Those guys will play a major role in trying to get pressure towards Matt Ryan and that Falcons offense on Sunday, folks. But now let's transition over to Broncos quarterback, Drew Locke, who also met with the media yesterday. And one of the things that was talked about, it's been a national topic, is that Drew Locke led the Broncos on a twenty one point comeback and they won the game. And Colin Coward, a guy who was high on Drew Locke this offseason, turned on him and said that he shouldn't be dancing. Look, if you come back from a twenty four to three deficit and you win the football game and you're monumental in that comeback, you have every right to dance. I mean, there, there's this crowd of people that doesn't let young people be young. Let them have fun. I mean, th- that's a big time moment right there to be able to come back from that deficit. The emotions are high. A lot of people making a big deal of it. But here's what Drew Locke had to say about Colin Cowherd's little jab that he threw at him this week.
0: Truthfully, I feel like the person, if not, you know, other people, there might have been more than one, uh, but that person just might not be able to dance as well as I do. So, you know, I would be sour that way too. Um, but We'll see. Hopefully my dance moves get better in the public eye because I promise they're probably not going to stop. Um, yeah, so that's that. But as far as me and Coach Shermer, we have a great relationship. You know, I'm excited to see where this week goes and how we're going to attack this defense. We've got a pretty good idea on what we want to do in the game plan right now. But obviously we're going out to practice for the first time today and going to see what things stick and see what things may need a little modification. So we'll see where we end up going with this by Sunday.
1: Some of the talk that's also been spotlighted, including from myself here on the podcast this week, is that the Broncos should embrace going with an up tempo approach or at least having it in their back pocket say, hey, at Drew's discretion, be able to run the offense at a quick pace to be able to keep the defense on the field, uh, uh, disallow some of those substitutions from happening. What were Drew Locke's thoughts on the ability to maybe go up tempo?
0: Um, I definitely think there's good times to do it. You know, you're talking to a pretty biased quarterback here that went up tempo for, I think, three of my four years in college. So. Uh, I, I would definitely say I do enjoy that and do like that um, but at the same time in the, in the NFL game there is a time to do it and I feel like we balance it pretty well um, because of how much we've practiced it and because of being able to do it because of how we did it earlier in the year and even in, o- and even in training camp I feel like that helps us in those two-minute drills. Um, it feels like it's second nature to us and we've done it quite a bit.
1: So the Broncos may incorporate some more up-tempo looks here for Drew Locke, but one of the looks at the Broncos, I know Broncos fans want to see as well, is more 12 personnel, more Albert Okwabunam and Noah Fant on the field at the same exact time. That's the type of lineup that Drew Locke himself would like to see a lot more of. He believes it could be very effective against NFL defenses.
0: You know, that package with Albert and Noah is is definitely a dangerous one. There's definitely ways to mold it into a game, and I thought Kusherm's done a good job of that with those two guys, especially since Albert— you know, he doesn't have very many games under his belt. He needed to see what he could do out on the field before you know we make a whole package full of it. And uh, I think Albert's making a good state, good uh, statement for himself to be on the field a little bit. Um, but as far as his first touchdowns go, that I thought it was pretty cool. You know, I threw Albert his first college touchdown. And I also threw him his first professional touchdown. Um, he didn't have me sign the college ball, so I bet he probably won't have me sign the professional ball.
1: And through the last several weeks, too, Albert i has seen a lot of targets from Drew Locke. So for NFL defenses going against him, I think that they may focus a little bit on Albert O, which should open up more opportunities for guys like Jerry Judy, Deshaun Hamilton, Tim Patrick, and even Noah Fant. Surprisingly enough, being able to say that because of the fact that Locke has targeted Albert O so many times, I think Noah Fant will see some more opportunities in one-on-ones because it's really hard. It's a pick-your-poison between two guys with similar height and a similar speed and size to be able to hurt you uh, in the air. And so I think for Locke, chemistry is important. He's got that with Albert O. He's got to continue to build it with other players around him. And just some quick notes real quick on the Broncos practice from yesterday. Phil, Lindsey, Bryce Kellen, and Tim Patrick were all limited in yesterday's practice. A good sign for them. But right now, question about A.J. Boye and concussion protocol. They signed Kevin Tolliver to the 53-man roster from the practice squad. They had promoted him. So that might be a sign that they have concern about whether or not Boye will be available on Sunday against Julio Jones, which I imagine you're probably going to end up matching up Michael Ojemudy on Julio Jones. A tough task for the rookie. And maybe he'll respond in a big way. But Broncos country coming up here in just a moment, folks, we're going to get into our conversation here about the tail of the tape, how the Broncos match up with this Falcons. And we're going to take all the offense and defense for both teams here, folks. But before we do that, i got to tell you guys about the sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. And that is our good friends over there at Pepsi. And this football season will be different. And Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch this season, the Broncos are on the road this Sunday at the Atlanta Falcons. And Pepsi is the refreshment that you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi is made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Coming into Sunday's matchup against the Atlanta Falcons, this is a Broncos football team that is still trying to figure out their identity on the offensive side of the ball for the most part defensively. They're a very, very strong unit. But coming into this game, the Atlanta Falcons, they have an offensive identity. And it is to air it out with Matt Ryan. And coming into it, obviously the Broncos defense will be facing a top-ranked NFL offense for the third consecutive week featuring Matt Ryan, who leads the NFL in passing yards at 2,462 yards through the air. He's got 12 touchdowns on the season four interceptions thrown, and a 67% completion percentage. He's been playing really good football this year for the Falcons. And then they also feature Todd Gurley, who is the NFL's fourth leading rusher at 531 yards on the ground, eight touchdowns, highly efficient in the red zone for a guy like Todd Gurley. He's also had two runs of 20-plus yards this season, breaking that there. And then Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones. Ridley at 657 yards, and six touchdowns receiving on the season. Julio Jones, 584, and two touchdowns as well. And you factor in Hayden Hurst at the tight end position. This is a Falcons offense that will pose some problems for this Broncos defense and really how the Broncos adjust is going to be a big determining factor for how they transition going forward here. But taking a look real quick, folks, at the Broncos defense against this Atlanta Falcons offense, we'll start off with the Falcons offense. Falcons sitting at 2-6 and six on the season, a lot better than their record really indicates. They've had some problems finishing out games. A lot of that's been related due to the defense. Now, coming into this game, the Falcons are the sixth-ranked offensive unit in the NFL, averaging about 401 net yards per game. And that was almost kind of similar on part of what the Chargers had last week against the Broncos altogether. So Denver's really going to have to buckle down, avoid some of those big plays, really stop the run here today. In terms of yards per play, they rank 16th at 5.71 yards per play altogether. When you look at the Broncos' defense, they only allow 5.34 yards per game, which is good for 11th in the NFL. NFL so Denver on the onset to going back to the 400 yards that Atlanta gets through the air and on the ground in combination offensively Dever only allows 360 yards defensively this season at 17th in the NFL so that's going to be something they have to obviously keep an eye on and have to avoid here Atlanta coming into this matchup they're averaging 26.1 points per game when the Broncos defensively they're allowing 26.1 points per game so this is sort of your know, par for the course here for this Broncos defense but I do think that Denver does match up well if they have some of their guys healthy and that's going to be contingent upon A.J. Boye whether or not Shelby Harris can truly go right now he is truly questionable for this matchup but one of the things to keep an eye is that the Broncos will be going against one of the NFL's top ranked passing units altogether 292 yards through the air altogether when you look at Denver defensively they allow 236.6 yards through the air so they've done a good job really clamping down last week was the first week this season that the Broncos have allowed a quarterback to pass for over two 250 yards from Justin Herbert, but the Broncos are able to get a takeaway. Bryce Callahan obviously getting an interception. Justin Simmons getting an interception last week. That's going to have to be the key this week as well for this Broncos defense because Matt Ryan, he hasn't thrown many interceptions this season. He's only thrown four on the year, so the Broncos have to find a way capitalize. Atlanta is also one of the teams that has some of the fewest giveaways offensively altogether. Four interceptions, only three fumbles lost on the year. They are very good at protecting the football and certainly with all the weapons that they have, you'd imagine that's going to be a big focal point for them. However, at this point, they have allowed 17 sacks on the season, which is not bad. I mean, it's 18th overall, so they do a pretty decent job of protecting Matt Ryan, a combination of a quick passing offense altogether. Obviously, something to keep an eye on there. And then on third down, they're the 15th ranked offense in terms of third down conversion percentage, 43.1%. When you look at the Broncos, defense are a top six unit in the NFL on stopping opposing offenses on third down, only allowing 36% of conversion. So Denver matches up really well in that situation. I think really it's a combination of Vic Fangio's disguised coverage looks. I think it's a combination of his disguised scheme packages, whether it's in the nickel or the dime. The Broncos have been sending the dime cornerback. They sent Duke Dawson several times last week. They blitzed Bryce Callahan. You're going to see that creative look from Vic Fangio once again this week and it's going to change as well from the defensive front too especially if Shelby Harris is out the Broncos will run I think a little bit more stunt packages to be able to try to get pressure and try to make up for the loss of Harris who really is a guy that plugs on the interior commands a double team and is still able to push back the guard and the center at the same exact time Shelby's been very efficient but guys like Draymond Jones Sosa DeMarcus Walker those guys will step up as well. But take a look at the offensive side of the ball here for this Broncos team. It's an offensive faces in improving Falcons defense, and they could see the return of Tim Patrick this week, which would be a big boost in my opinion for the Broncos offensively. But will they be able to prevent Grady Jarrett from penetrating in the backfield. That's gonna be a big storyline because this Falcons defense has gotten better week to week. So take a look at the Broncos offense still. When you look at every major statistical category, they are bottom ranked in the NFL. They're the twenty seventh ranked offense in terms of overall yards per game, three hundred and twenty six yards total. When you look at the Falcons defensively, they, however, are one of the bottom ranked defenses in the NFL. They allow over four hundred and ten yards per game. So if the Broncos were to have any kind of game, Drew Lock were to have a game similar to what he had with the against the Houston Texans last season, this is the game. A road dog game where the Broncos are traveling and they're playing a very bad defense. I think Denver should be able to take advantage of some of their weapons mismatches that they have here. Now, Atlanta still blitzes a lot. They show a lot of disguises. They're very fast and aggressive, as Broncos head coach Vic Fangio alluded to in yesterday's press conference. But they've got to find balance altogether. And I think if Denver can protect the football, they have a chance to come out and put some points up in this game, and they might be able to control it if they can get consistent defensive stops. But Denver offensively is only scoring 21 points per game this season, 27th in the NFL. You look at the Atlanta Falcons' defense, they're allowing over 28 points per game. That's good for 22nd in the National Football League. That's something to keep an eye on here the Broncos also averaging 112 yards on the ground Atlanta's defense they only allow 99.3 yards on the ground as well. Big combination of Jarrett and obviously Deion Jones, the linebacking unit that the Falcons have. They're the sixth-ranked rushing defense in the National Football League right now. Pass yards per game. They do give up a lot. They're the 31st-ranked passing defense in the NFL. 311 yards allowed through the air. So this is a game where I think the Broncos can really air it out. But obviously, if balance, you want to be able to attack deep. You want to be able to attack the intermediate like you did with Deshaun Hamilton and Jerry Judy. And you want to be able to hit the short stuff as well. So if the Broncos can come out here put together a complete offensive game plan with passing the football and also having success running it, especially against this defense. If they can run the ball, it's going to put a little bit of pressure on this Atlanta Falcons defense really to try to get creative, to be able to get stops. Denver has to protect the football. They have to keep Drew Locke upright. Drew Locke has to be able to process the field and not lock onto certain guys. If he can do that, I think the Broncos will match up very well in this game, folks, and I'm I'm very excited about watching that, too. When you look at the Falcons defense, they are pretty good, though, on third down. They are the eighth-ranked defense on third down, 37.7%. They're just two spots away from the Broncos, so Atlanta tends to hold up really well on third-down situations. They're very aggressive. They like to send a lot of players. Obviously, Raheem Morris, his defensive background that he has, they want to try to get guys in the quarterback's face, so Drew Locke's going to have to protect the football. I think if Denver could get in the red zone, though, this could be an area where they bode well against uh, the Atlanta Falcons red zone defense or the 29th ranked red zone defense allowing touchdowns on 74% of red zone drives by opponents so the Broncos have to find a way to move the ball downfield get to the red zone and capitalize And I think the Broncos in the red zone last week when they were there and especially in that goal to go situation at the end with one second left being able to throw it to KJ Hamler that counts as goal line efficiency red zone efficiency same thing with Albert Okwabunum's touchdown last week that counts as red zone efficiency as well but Broncos country coming up here in just a moment, we're going to take a little bit of a look in the microscope at some of the key matchups to watch for in this Broncos Falcons game on Sunday. But before we do that, folks, I got to tell you guys about the sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, our good friends over there, sportsbetting.com. They are now live and taking action in the state of Colorado and sportsbetting.com is passionate about sports. And they're also the authority on sports betting with their own in-house bookmakers, sportsbetting.com is known for their sharp odds and low juice. That means the best prices for you. For new players you can receive a welcome bonus up to thousand dollars and a risk-free week of sports betting here at SportsBetting.com. And for those of you who are registered already, you can take part in some of their awesome promotions like Break a Leg, where you get a bet of fourteen parlay, and you could get your money back if one of those legs loses, or you could get invested in Overtime Pay, where you can get your money back if your team that you betted on loses in overtime. Sportsbetting.com offers no hassle bonuses with just a one-time playthrough. So take advantage of their NFL touchdown promotions with can't-lose offers on first touchdown in NFL action. If you believe that Drew Lock's going to throw the first touchdown in Sunday's game, bet on it at sportsbetting.com. So get your action on the home of sports betting. That's sportsbetting.com backslash locked on Broncos. Some of the key matchups will decide this weekend's contest when the Broncos travel to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. The Broncos have a chance to go 4-4 four and four on the season if they can come out on top with a victory. Then they'll play the Las Vegas Raiders the next week in an AFC West Divisional Showdown in Las Vegas. Obviously, this is going to be one of the biggest stretches for the Broncos as a football team. It's a tough stretch altogether. The opponents they're going to face are not easy. It's not going to be a cakewalk. They're going to be tested, and they got to hope that they can get some guys back healthy. They can hopefully hit their stride get some momentum going offensively, more chemistry between Locke and the receivers. But getting into Sunday's matchup here against the Falcons, taking a look at some of the key matchups that will determine the outcome of this game. And one of the things I think I want to see the most, I know it's questionable right now for Sunday's game. We know Calvin Ridley is listed as questionable. Bryce Callahan was listed on the injury report this week with an ankle injury. He was limited in yesterday's practice, likely expected to be a full go today for Denver But I think Calvin Ridley versus Bryce Callahan would be an intriguing matchup because going back to what I said earlier about Calvin Ridley, I mean, he is an explosive downfield blur. When I think about some of the top deep threats in the National Football League, guys who are slot-like players, I think it goes Tyler Lockett, Tyreek Hill, and I think Calvin Ridley. I think he's in that same exact conversation as those guys. He is a big play threat, and obviously for him having 657 yards this season and already having six touchdowns, he's been very efficient for Atlanta. He's been a security blanket that Matt Ryan loves to go to, the Broncos have to find a way to be able to neutralize the big play threat. Can the Broncos rebound from last week where they allowed a quarterback to pass for over 250 yards? Can they minimize that? I think the Broncos have an opportunity to do so here. So that's going to be a key matchup. And for Bryce Callahan, like I said, I mean he was a focal point of our talk on lockdown Broncos this week. He's been very impactful for this Broncos defense. He's made them better. If A.J. Boye cannot play, they're going to play Bryce Callahan in the base package on the outside and when they go nickel, he's going to play on the outside as well. They're going to put a St. Bassey in at the nickel spot there. I just feel like the Broncos benefit so much more from having a guy like Bryce Callahan inside the slot. We saw the last time that is saying Bassi was in against the New York Jets. They really targeted him with Prashad Perryman. Well, guess what? Calvin Ridley's not a Brashad Perriman. He's much better. Brashad Perriman's not even close to the level that Calvin Ridley is. And so this is going to be a big, big matchup to watch. If that is the case, I imagine Vic Fangio's going to try to align it to where they match up together. That, to me, I think makes the most sense. I think that Michael Ojemudia against a guy like Julio Jones, if A.J. Boye is out makes the most sense. If AJ Boye is back for this game, goes through concussion protocol and it clears it, which we're gonna find out a little bit more about that today and tomorrow, then I think you have a little bit more optimism about matching up AJ Boye against Julio. And we did a film study on A. J. Boye against the Chargers, against Keenan Allen, against Mike Williams and he gave up some catches, but they were all tightly contested. He never really got burnt, and the touchdown he gave up was a big-time play by Justin Herbert and by Mike Williams. The ball placement on it was perfectly, so go check that out as well. I'm not too worried coming into this matchup about the Broncos' secondary against this wide-receiving unit here for the Atlanta Falcons. I think the Broncos match up fairly well with their secondary, considering Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons on the back end. They're going to look to continue their strong play here. Uh, One that our good friend Benjamin Albright threw out to us on Twitter, Twitter Benjamin replied to my post on Twitter and said hey I think uh, Grady Jarrett versus the Broncos interior offensive line is going to be a key matchup to watch Grady Jarrett is playing at an elite level of football and when you have the linebackers that they do with Jones in the back end and Neil, they have the absolute guys to thump right and Grady Jarrett is a big big guy able you know he commands a lot of double teams and we've seen a formula NFL opposing defenses have put their defensive tackle, the big guys in a zero technique when they know that they have very fast and athletic linebackers they put them in a zero technique, they'll blitz the inside backers inside the A gap because they're going to slant across the face of the center they're going to try to attack the interior A gaps and B gaps for Denver here so I think Denver versus Grady Jarrett on the interior offensive line is going to be a big matchup, no Graham Glasgow in this game for the Broncos, Sunday will be his 10th day in COVID protocol he'll be able to return next week against the Raiders if he continues to test negative, which he has at this point in time. So that's going to be a big test. Austin Schlottman, like I said, getting the start at the right guard position. Lloyd Cushenberry played a better game. I think he's gotten more comfortable. And then Dalton Reisner has really turned things on as well. Playing with that banged up shoulder, uh, they're going to see a lot of attention from this Falcons defense that loves to blitz. They love to be aggressive. And they're going to gamble. And they're going to take chances, which is why I think they allow a lot of yards overall as a defense. They allow a lot of points. is because their gambles don't always pay off. But when they do, when Grady Jarrett is able to get in of that backfield quickly, he can disrupt and then he forces your quarterback out to the left or to the right and then they send the guy off the edge and they have fast edge guys to be able to contain it. So obviously keeping an eye on Dante Fowler, Tack McKinley, the whole situation with them for Sunday's matchup as well. But this is one to keep an eye on Broncos country. Have it circled on your calendar when you watch this Sunday 11 a.m. Mountain Time kickoff. But to me, I think another matchup the Broncos bode well in. I think the Broncos wide receivers against the Atlanta Falcons defensive backs. I think that they have a talented defensive backfield. Obviously some young guys and A.J. Terrell, Isaiah Oliver, uh, obviously a former CU player there, has been playing some nickel for the Falcons. It's been doing well since transitioning from the outside corner position. I think if Tim Patrick is back, his size is going to be great. I think the Broncos can really test the defensive secondary here for the Atlanta Falcons with their levels passing concept, being able to take some vertical shots, crossing patterns on the intermediate and hitting some of the short stuff. But also I think quick decisiveness and maybe implementing a little bit of that up uptempo will help the Broncos really capitalize against this Atlanta Falcons Falcons defense, folks. So these are the key matchups to keep an eye on, folks. We're going to go back through a Calvin Ridley versus Bryce Callahan, Grady Jarrett versus the Broncos interior offensive lineman, Thank you Benjamin Albright, and then the Broncos wide receiving unit against the Atlanta Falcons defensive backs. But Broncos country kickoff is 11 a.m. Mountain Time, and you can have complete coverage here, locked on Broncos on Monday for the post game report. Just a reminder: you need to stay locked on every single day here for daily exclusive Denver Broncos content. Five days a week, we have a brand new episode for you every single day, folks, and you can only get that here, locked down Broncos. We break down the film, we go through it, and you can interact with me on Twitter at CodyRocanFL. You can get involved on the text message line as well throughout the Broncos game at 303-529-6323. Send me a text. Looking forward to hearing from you and interacting with all of you in Broncos country. But with that said, Broncos country, that will do it for today's episode of the show. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy college football. Get ready for Sunday. Get your helmet on. Get your jersey on. Whatever you wear on Sunday to support the Broncos. Put it on because the Broncos have a tough road test against the Atlanta Falcons. We'll have you covered with a complete recap on Monday's post game report here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast.